following episode of Dave's Video Graveyard contains spoilers and naughty words. Listener discretion is advised. Of all the film podcasts in the world, this is definitely one of them. Covering the best of the worst and the worst of the best of all things film. This is Dave's Video Graveyard with Polly and Dave. It is Dave's Video Graveyard for another week and I'm starting things off with a warning. I'm writing a love letter this week. (laughs) The only thing I don't know is how many names will be signed at the end of the love letter. Because I fucking love this movie. Polly, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen... I, I, maybe I've seen this once. I don't know. But like, I, it was like a new movie to me. I've, I've never seen this before. So we're talking about uh, 2007's Hot Rod. What's up, little riders? Jump in the public pool tomorrow. Tell your friends. <laughs> That's just a sample. Good luck. Don't worry, Denise. I've done this before. So what are you supposed to be? A stuntman. Wow. My safe word will be whiskey. What do you mean whiskey? What? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. Whiskey! Whiskey! Oh! Hey, everybody. We have a new crew member today, Denise. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said a little something about ourselves. I like to party. I like to party. No, Dave, I just said that I party. I like to party. No. I like to party. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, my God. Shut up. Hey, Rod, maybe you shouldn't fight Dad this week. Relax, Kev. I'm going to win this time. I did, like, 40 crunches yesterday. Get ready to meet your maker. Oh, God! We hadn't even started yet! I just had a great idea. One big jump, gentlemen. The biggest jump this town's ever seen. Let's party. If I'm gonna jump 15 buses, my body's gonna have to be in top physical form. Do we reinforce the takeoff ramp? No, we didn't have time. Cool. Oh! I've already drafted a rough schedule of exercises that will help us take things to the next level. You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can hear you. It was just really mean. From Paramount Pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a jump for the ages. The moment we've all been waiting for. He's going in circles! Andy Samberg. Who wants to see me do a big stuff? Hot Rod. All great men have mustaches. Yeah, but real men actually grow them, huh? You know I have a hormone disorder! Starring Andy Samberg of Saturday Night Live fame. Pretty much the guys behind The Lonely Island have their fingerprints all over this film. I actually found out a lot from watching the director's commentary. One thing I will give The Lonely Island, they really go all out candid when they talk about their movies. They basically didn't say it was a failure, but (laughs) they got pretty close in the way they spoke about it. But the one thing I found really showed, even though they tried not to, this film was written to be a vehicle for Will Ferrell. Yeah. And you 100% can see the film that this would have been had of 
because I think he did uh, the basketball one, semi-pro. Oh, semi-pro, yeah. I reckon that. But that would have been exactly what this movie is. But this is like, I mean, the amount of stuff that, that happens in Hot Rod that, like, you could easily sort of just transcribe over to Step Brothers. Like, yes. It's just like, the, like, <laughs> the, I need to go to my quiet place. Rod, are you okay? I need to go to my quiet place. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. The thing is, I understand why this it's this one of these hard places to be in because I liked it and I love everything about it because I love that obscure Saturday Night Live humour. And, yeah, and that's all this film had the passion to do it and I hate it when they put little up there on screen and then like people just don't get it and then this is Anchorman. A hundred percent. Uh, I really loved uh, when uh, before Popstar was released. I actually watched a featurette interview with Andy Samberg because I'm a massive fan. Yeah, and he said we're buddies with like Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah and those guys. And Superbad came out the same summer as Hot Rod, and the weekend after Superbad came out and just annihilated. I texted both of them, being like, "Hey, I've been out of town. <laughs> How'd our movies do?" Did they do the same? Did they do the exact same? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I've got to say, like, one thing I will give The Lonely Island, a lot of people will talk shit down on them because it's, it's very bro humour. Yeah. But they're very self-aware and they will call a spade a spade. This obviously didn't do as well as anyone was expected, but I will say it is definitely a film I consider to have cult status. They got. I mean, they did twenty five mil. Like, they didn't do. Um, it's Zach not and, super. Zach, it's not Zachary Marie make a porno like fucking numbers. <laughs> like it's you know. It, no, no. It was made for twenty five. Oh, it made fourteen. Still, like I mean, that's not like, like and Sally these days. That's kind of a cynic success. Well, but if you look at it at the time, you had Andy Samberg as the lead. Yeah. Jorma Tacconi also from The Lonely Island. He went on to direct MacGruber. So yeah. he he's royalty <laughs> on this show. Uh, Bill Hader, who his stocks weren't up there, but he was definitely rising on SNL. This and that made me like love this film like way more because Bill Hader is fucking amazing. And you know that like half that shit was just improvised. And even Danny McBride, this was Danny pre McBride. Westbound, uh, Eastbound and Down. So yeah. he, he was the, everyone in this was a rising star. Isla Fisher at the time, like listening listening to the commentary, they keep calling her Borat's wife, yeah. and that's all basically anyone knew about her at the time yeah, that this yeah, was yeah. released. And uh, she was very tasty. And then <laughs> I've got to say, like, you've got Sissy Spacek and oh, Ian great. McShane, and they're too big. What are you guys doing here? But Sissy Spacek in this movie is so good at what she's doing. She plays a straight role pretty good, but she also plays a man. And also the fact, like, the bits like when he when he leaves the house and breaks the window and she doesn't even flinch. She's just like, this is just what I do <laughs> And you know what won't make him smile? When I murder him! So for anyone that doesn't know, basically the story follows a wannabe stuntman played by Andy Samberg, Rod Kimball. He's an absolute fuck-up when it comes to being a stuntman. He sucks and he doesn't realise it. And then the catalyst of the film is basically he wants to win the respect and love of his stepfather. And the only way he can do that is beating him in a fist fight. He can't beat him in a fist fight, but he finds out that Ian McShane is actually dying with a heart condition. Yeah. So it would no longer count as being a man if he beat him because yeah. of the car condition. So pretty much cut, copy, paste the story of dirty work. He needs 50 grand for his father-in-law's yeah, heart yeah. transplant. Yeah. 
I absolutely have nothing but love for this film, and I will admit the only black mark I put next to this film was it was recommended to me by a guy I used to work with that I fucking hated. <laughs> and so when I watched it, it was a spite watch. Yeah. And I wouldn't admit it at the time, but it really... It has all the hallmarks of anyone that enjoys a lot of the SNL humour because it's just... Yeah. Um, uh, you get Chris Parnell thrown in later on. <laughs> I didn't... And one of the reasons I didn't watch this um, when it first came out is because I was never really that big a fan of Andy Sandberg on SNL. Like, I mean... I, like the video, the viral videos went great and all that stuff, but I was like, as a cast member, like, Dear me, Sister's the greatest thing to come out of SNL for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, and that was what he was good at, but, like, his sketch to sketch work, it's like, with, he's like, he's kind of, he's kind of the new Adam Sandler. Yes. Going on 100%. Because, like, because he, he didn't do that many impressions and, like, he didn't, a lot of the stuff he was doing. It was that schlub humor where it's just, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you just, you know. And they let him go, like, I mean, they let him go on with, like, the Mark Wahlberg bit for fucking ways you long. Hey, dog, how's it going? <laughs> I like your fur, that looks really great. <laughs> so you're a dog, right? What's that all about? <laughs> okay, well, it was great to meet you. Say hi to your mother for me, okay? They let him go over the Nick Cage, like his Nick Cage impression. <laughs> okay, as everyone knows, my dream as an actor is to appear in every film ever released. <laughs> However, until now, I've only been able to muster a measly 90%, bringing shame upon my dojo. Then it's like, you, you see this, and you see his, his, um, his viral stuff that he did, and it's, it's amazing, like... And I think it's because he had um, Jorma and um, the... Well, basically, when you two best mates write to your strengths... Yeah. Little, a few little notes I want to throw in, because I did watch the entire movie recently, so I watched it this time with the commentary on. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I loved is just... It shows that it was almost self-centred in three best mates making this film, because some of the stuff they did wasn't for the benefit of the audience. No, no. They got all the stunt guys to get oversized fake noses to make Andy Samberg self-conscious of his nose. They told him it was castings of his actual nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just something oh like... So they're fucking, they're fucking with their best friend at the expense of the film, and that's the dream. Yeah, like, the best bits of this film is when they do, like, I mean, as I said, that, that bit where he says, I need to go to my quiet place, and that whole montage where he's like... And he actually even says, like, I... Sh- I, I, I dance punch. <laughs> I went and rage punch all the anger out. And that bit where he's falling down the hill and it's just... It 40, just I timed it. 47 seconds that scene goes for. And it doesn't get not funny. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Even the opening starts off. The film opens up. You get Rod Kimball established with an awesome song from Europe. And if you're not into Europe, guess you what? You will be by the end of this There film. is 10 out of the 12 songs off the final countdown album in the soundtrack <laughs> to this film. They start off and he asks if the ramp's been uh, reinforced. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, did we reinforce the takeoff ramp? No, we didn't have time. At which point he flips, and this is one thing I'll pay for all the stunts. It's all stuntmen doing wire work. Yeah. The stuntman that does the opening jump actually broke his leg, and if you watch the footage of that jump, you can see it happen because it, it is violent. Brutal. My, one of my favourite bits of this movie, and um, can I guess? Does it rhyme with Will Arnett? No, but that was <laughs> when I saw him get the car. And you know what? It's always that thing of like, is it Will Arnett or is it the guy, um, uh, the bad guy out of the A Team? Yes. Um, or is it that other dude? There's another dude that also kind of looks like him who's, who does some bit parts as well. But it was Will Arnett this time, and like, as soon as 
It's even better than Akima. I can just see Lego Batman now because of the time that we live in. But I love his character and behind the scenes, he could only be there for two days. Yeah. Because it was basically they were told by Lorne Michaels, right, here's the holiday off of SNL that everyone gets. Yep. You are back here in September no matter what happens with your film. So they, Will Arnett let him have two days and so he did all these scenes. And if you watch, it was quite, it was kind of um, infamous, no, well, it was knowledge that Andy Samberg, much like Jimmy Fallon, breaks in nearly every skit because he thinks everyone is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. His biggest... He says he's the biggest fan of Will Arnett and whenever he would come and do stuff on SNL, he would deliberately know that he could make him laugh. So if you watch a lot of the scenes with Arnett when he's talking to everyone, everyone, even Bill Hader, they're all like chewing their bottom lip and like trying not to laugh. And one of my favourite lines from him is... Basically, Isla Fish is going out with Will Arnett and Rod falls in love with her. He goes along on a date just because he's just friends. And he basically says this line. So, Super Dave, Denise tells me you're working on some pretty big-time stuff. Yeah, well, I've been doing stunts since I was a kid, so it's not really a big deal to me. Yeah, me neither. I was just being polite, but thanks for letting me off the hook. Jonathan, here we go. I was being polite. I don't really care. That is the perfect sum up of a douche line, and I absolutely love it. And like, and then like afterwards, he's like, he's like, it's like some Dr Pepper. and the thing, this is the thing that's so weird. Much like in Napoleon Dynamite, which um, are you a fan of that movie? Yes. Or? Okay. So much like in that one, I'm not sure what the age of the people are supposed to be. Like, are they supposed to be just out of high school or they... Not just that. Other than there's a Nickelback, a beach ball at a Nickelback concert reference. Yeah, yeah. This film could have been set from 1990 to 1999. Or even in the 80s. You know what I mean? It could have been anything if it wasn't for that one Nickelback reference because all the homes and the sets, everything looks old and nothing's modern. It looks like the um, the neighbourhood from like Wonder Years or like oh, um, Freaks and Geeks and stuff like that. It's just like you but, could... And it looks like the house from the Goldbergs that yeah. they live in. So you could be, if you just uh, check, slightly change their pants to flares, like this could be an 80s comedy sort of thing. So now um, the, the bit that I, I actually rewound about three times today when I was watching it again there's a bit where they're just in the car park and um, he's sitting with um, Isla Fisher and every so often um, Rico slams Kevin into the van. Yes, and he's saying, stop it. Yeah, and <laughs> then they cut away and they're talking. You can still hear in the background that he's slamming <laughs> into the van again. So, how do you like being in the crew so far? It's been interesting. Told you. Hey, Denise. Hmm? Is there something I wanted to ask you? Yeah. Well... Oh, I love that. fucking love shit like that. The physicality of that is it's not a screen push. Danny McBride is pushing him in there yeah. because there's another bit where he's because uh, 
Jorma's character is rolling around, uh, I think Kevin is his name, is rolling around all the time on his heelys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a bit where he does it, and Danny pushes him so hard that you see the heelys <laughs> scrape sideways and he nearly falls over. And, like, he's such a great physical actor, like, um, Jorma Tacone, whatever he's, he, like, every time he hits the... Because, yeah, you, you believe every time he hits that van, he's actually being hurt. It's fucking amazing. I love... This is a film that they... Kind of, it feels like they didn't leave anything out. If someone had an idea on the day, they're like, yes. Yeah, let's this. do that, yeah. Like, I am a huge fan of, there's a conversation where, uh, uh, jumping ahead, Andy Samberg, Rod, decides he's going to quit doing stunts. Yeah. And the two best parts are what he wears when he's a civilian. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Oh he actually, you know who he looked like because of all the indie films he does? I was like, he looks like Adam Driver. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Looks like him. But also... He has this scene talking about how he's too legit to quit. Who cares what anyone thinks? You don't get it, do you, Denise? I used to be legit. In fact, I was too legit. I was too legit to quit. But now, I'm not legit. I'm unlegit. And for that reason, I must quit. You don't mean that. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And I fucking (laughs) lost it in that scene. Oh man, this is gonna be a clip show because every line. But the thing is, and this wasn't a character on SNL before, like, but it, it has that feel of the movie. Like, I think maybe half the reason it didn't get much love is because the audience was like sitting there, like, should we have known about this before we started watching it? And it's like, it's like, it's, it's a lot of, and like, that's the sort of thing you do when you when you take those chances and you go. We'll just assume that the likely ones is going to get this, and only half of them is going to get it. Like you, you take a risk. And I remember after the first time I saw it back in the day, the line that stuck out to me and my friends is, "Hey, everybody, we got some awesome news. We have a new crew member today, Denise." Hi, everyone. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave, and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I am the stuntman. You know what? Let's move on. Rico, you're up. Uh, hello, I'm Rico, and I like to party. Yeah, uh, Rico, what did I just say to Dave? Who? Dave. I like to party. I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin. Right, Kevin. I party. No, no, you don't. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yes, and we party. No. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. No, I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. No, Kevin, I know for a fact you don't party, okay? You do not party. You're right. Dave's a party guy. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, my God, shut up, okay? I'm just going to do it for you. Denise. This is the crew. But they fight about who parties. No one parties except me. Uh, and like Rico, said, beat, Rico beating up the guy. Like, there's a bit where they're they're training <laughs> to be to to jump over the the ten. Um, because the, this is the thing. After he does that 47 second fall, he sees this sign saying "one last jump," and it's for something to do with like retirement sort of thing. But he takes that. Like Rod takes it as like, let's do a big jump that'll somehow get me 50 grand. To save my stepdad. Um, so they're doing some training to get ready for that jump. And one of it's just going down a huge hill on a skateboard. And what happens is he... He, he hits a he, caravan, he a hits camper a, van. He hits a camper van. And like the, like the, the best bit about that too is that... 
It's usually in a movie when you see someone hit it, you see them like hit it, but like you actually saw glass go out the other side. That he hit it that hard that <laughs> the other, other side of the caravan broke. But then the owner of the caravan comes out and is going to fight him. And Rico, Danny McBride, beats the shit out of him. Like, beats the shit out of someone who legit- legitimately had the right to be angry about and what t- happened. And takes his hat. And takes his life. <laughs> My trailer! What the hell? One of you is getting your dick hole smashed! Oh! Oh! oh. oh. I'm freaking pumped! I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! Oh! oh. Man, he hit his ass with a working oh. toe, man. Yeah. Nice. God, I go to church every goddamn Sunday! You gonna bring the demons out of me? Oh, Rico, you got him. Not with the trash can, buddy. No, 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 no. You know it's trash! Alright, let's get him off. Okay, 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 okay. okay. No, 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 no. This is my hat now! And that, that scene there was so eastbound and down. Like, oh, that- you could see, and even with Bill Hader, there was moments where you're like, oh, here's what he became. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's like a, it's yeah. not a best of, but it's like a, you could cherry pick what's great about each person in this film. And I like, like, so Bill Hader's got that thing where he, he's talking to some girls at the, um, when they do the film. Yeah, I have various responsibilities within the crew, you know, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, really. I, uh, one time manned a flamethrower. Cool. Of course it's cool. It's awesome as shit. <laughs> it was just like, he's just, oh, I actually want to see, um, because I didn't have this on DVD, I, I watched it on, on Amazon, but I wanted to see if there was a blooper reel, because I love, nothing makes me happier than seeing Bill Hader break. Yes. He's so, because he giggles so fucking high, it's amazing. Well, there's, there's a scene further on where Danny McBride has a uh, TV that he stole in a part mm. that we're going <laughs> to talk about shortly, and apparently they, they did the scene a few times and there were so many swear words in it that they're like, no, we, this isn't going to pass. We yeah. have to do a straight one. Yeah. So while doing that, Bill Hader said that there was nothing funny about it but he just kept breaking. And he goes, if you actually watch the final clip that makes it in the film, his mouth the whole time. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, hair. And he goes, and he almost looks like he's reacting like Scooby-Doo would. Like, it's yep. all like over-exaggerated because <laughs> he's just trying to hide. That's what he does. And if you watch SNL, like, cause that's after, like, going through YouTube and, like, just having a Bill Hader marathon, I can tell when he's trying not to break and it's it's so fucking obvious now. But, like, yeah, like, it's just, yeah, he does this thing where he, like, he sucks in his lips and it's wide-eyed, and it's just like... <laughs> there is so much in this film, much like a lot of what the Lonely Island do, that is planted so much in 80s action and just yeah. throwbacks. So we get a few references to Roadhouse, including Rod and Isla Fisher's character doing Tai Chi. Yeah. At which point she explains she's a master, and he asks if there's a crap-your-pants move. And this scene that me and so my wife lost. Because <laughs> basically she makes him crab his pants and he starts saying this. That didn't work. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to get going. So take it easy. I'm going to go see what Frank's doing. You wanted to see it, Rod. Yeah, I did want you to show me and you didn't because it didn't work. So now I'm going to go because there's nothing left for me to learn. Thank you, though, for trying. That was very nice of you to try. And uh, the way he's walking, like, <laughs> the, the, the physicality, like, he's grabbed his pants. And that's that's the that's the, the link I made, and, like, it starts to be a bit more apparent to MacGruber. Because, yeah. like, that, that's straight out MacGruber there. Like, you know, and, uh, it's the, the whole Tai Chi thing. Um, Isla Fisher was actually, um, as much as her and Ian McShane are breaking accent, like, oh, a lot. That's what they're there for. 
they hold their own as a straight man. Like, um, Ian McShane's fucking having a great time. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, is about when people approach you and they do that thing, they go, and you're expecting them to say maybe, you know, Deadwood, Lovejoy, and they go, Hot run. And you go, <laughs> it's great because it's unexpected. And I, well, I didn't see it when it first came out and caught up with on cable. And it's a really funny yeah. movie. It's a really funny movie. Really, and I'm yeah, going to tell you... you this almost everybody who saw it caught it on cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were very cruel to that, to Andy, when he came yeah, out. But yeah. they occasionally do that. They pick some comedy and decide to sort of, you know, go, go to town on it. Yeah, but it, it has become to... the cult classic that it yeah. deserves to be. It is so weird because I, I learned who he was through Deadwood. He was yeah, the yeah. most evil person that said cunt more than anyone yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. met. More than Brian Brown, in fact. <laughs> and he smiles an evil smile. Whereas in this, he smiles like he's just farted. Like, yeah. he is so delighted with where, what he's doing. So there's a bit where... Um, and there's a lot of these bits where, like, it just sort of cuts away and they just... It, again, like, like, they had an idea at the time and I think this is like... Andy Zemmick's like, I'm going to go outside the bedroom door and whisper to Frank's character... Or Ian McShane's character, like, all these threats. And then at the end of it... Because you think something's like... Either they're going to throw something at the room at him or something's going to hit him. And then he like backs away, and Ian McShane's behind him. <laughs> He's just like, who are you talking to? <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, that scene where like, Ian McShane's just behind him is just yeah, amazing. Um, they also do this when they're trying to raise money for the fifty grand. They do kids parties. And, the montage of that. Oh my god, why weren't these on fire at the party? My and then, two favourite lines is the mum saying, get the, the fuck, fuck off, off my porch. porch. Yeah. <laughs> but the, even better is he does a retirement party where he's meant to jump away from an explosion, but it just goes off mid-conversation. Yeah, yeah. Then when he's getting paid, the guy pays him and says, You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can hear you. It was just really mean. And this film is just filled to the brim with weird one-liners that you don't know who they're for, including the remix, the Cool Beans bit. Oh, so, Cool Beans? Cool Beans. 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 Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Beans. Cool Beans. why again like some SNL movies just don't seem to take to get on because you have to be you have to be into it I think to get it and like it's, it's but like, and a lot of it's like very obscure like so like you wonder like how many skits don't get to air because they're just like nah no one will get this sort of thing like but like when John Mulaney um, was basically hosting he resurrected um, skits that he didn't get he got rejected years ago and he's like no no I'm the host now so I'm going to do it and they like they are they're the more obscure ones but now like it's like oh because he's got the star power he can get us he can get it across we've done the fundraiser at which point they do a screening of all the footage they have so far <laughs> and the funniest bit is Rod realizes everyone's laughing at him so he thinks everyone thinks he's a joke so he has a hissy fit 
At which point, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Rather than just turn the projector off, <laughs> he picks it up and throws it out of the building. And who, what, what does it hit? The <laughs> projector. <laughs> yeah. So there goes all the fundraising money. But basically, this is the point where he quits yep. and decides to be normal. At which point, they convince, through a different series of interactions, including taking... Bill Hader with his uh, ice skate in his forehead to the fucking hospital. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Dave, what happened to your eye? This? Yeah. Is it really noticeable? Yeah. Oh, man, it's totally serendipitous. Um, Well, I got off work early, and uh, you know my buddy Derek? Well, he was like, I've got this acid, but I can't do it. And I was all like, well, I'll do it. So I did it. And uh, by the time I got on my banana board, man, I was I was tripping balls pretty hard. Man. So I decided to get on my bench grinder, and uh, a piece of metal flew up and hit me right in the eye. It's pretty awesome. And uh, that brings us to now. Yeah, well, just try and relax. Can do, man. Can do. I'm gonna be honest with you, Rod. You look like a giant eagle with fire all around you, and you've got a mountain for a face. I'm guessing that's the drugs, Dave. Yeah, but it's also just kind of weird seeing you drive this minivan. Yeah, well, it's my mom's. <laughs> Which is a great scene. They basically convince him to do one more big jump, get it done, yeah. be the stuntman you meant to be. So he finds a sponsor, and this is the fucking funniest bit, like the funniest sense. AM radio station decides to be there, <laughs> think, at which point Parnell plays the uh, local DJ on AM radio. Yeah, yeah. And fuck, it is some funny digs at AM radio. Mr. Fastnack is the owner of the radio station that's funding the jump. And I'm the number one DJ. No shit. I gotta tell you boys, I couldn't be more excited about this jump. When people hear me describing it over the radio, they are going to remember that AM radio is a viable and modern source for news and entertainment. Totally. I used to be number one in this town, but people don't listen to AM like they used to. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. That's stupid. It sure is, Kevin. In fact, I've got a tattoo here that fully illustrates my point. It's of this rebellious young man, and he's urinating on an FM radio. And then this other stream of urine is going on to that television set. Implausible, I know, but I like to imagine that he had sex the night before, and now a little bit of residue is blocking his urethra, allowing the urine to flow in two separate directions. You may also note that an AM radio is sitting safely dry in the middle. It's all magic carpet there. Oh, yeah, look at that. (sighs) Now, Rod... I've spent the station's last $15,000 on this, so it has to be a big success. Do you understand? You can count on me, sir. Excellent. This is the big one, boys. This is the one that brings us back. Soon, AM radio will reign king once more. (laughs) 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 And that's again, like, again, like, it's a a weird sort of track to go down but yeah very really cool so we we decide that it is time for the big jump we get a montage of the morning of which is scored by John Farnham's You're the Voice which is straight <laughs> up the best scene in the entire movie now I was watching as I said with the commentary the best thing to find out was 
Uh, Andy and Jorma, well, all of Lonely Island were massive fans of the movie Rad. Yeah. Which has three or four John Farnham songs in it. <laughs> and they're like, let's, let's uh, download this guy to our iTunes. So they bought a heap of albums. And they were sitting down once just writing. And it was cycling through. And You're the Voice came on. And they're yeah. like, who is this? And it pumped them up so much. <laughs> but I do love what... On the comments, they're like, oh, John Farnham's a pop god to Australians. And they, they like kind of nail like what he is. Yeah, and, yeah. and they said, that song pumped us up so much, we had to include it in the film. And you get treated to them walking down the street, pumping up, really inspirational, which suddenly turns bad. <laughs> then there's a riot and everyone loots, which we lead to the film where they're like, what the hell? Was that because of us? I don't know. I mean, it started off super positive, then it just got crazy. I did not like that at all. No, Kev. None of us did. Yeah, it was totally messed up. Danny McBride stole on the TV <laughs> when he says this bit. It's disgusting how people will just, you know, take something good and just take advantage of a situation. Yeah. There was no time to do yeah. anything yeah. except just leave and just hope that you're not hurt. <sighs> Uh, like it's such a film that was written for themselves and even there's the earlier in the film there's they pay their friend to or they pay a guy that wants to be on the crew they don't want on the crew they pay him to hand out flyers which you get that two of hearts and he's just like throwing flyers at people and he's just doing but he just keeps wanting to do that dance that like the oh my lord because I was, I was like is that it's such an in joke but then that it got funnier as it went along yes. yeah 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 uh, at the big the big stunt, there's a glam band playing on... Did you see who <laughs> that is? Queen of the Stone Age. Queen of the Stone Age playing a glam band, including a power ballad that they wrote themselves. Pretty fucking funny, given how self-serious they do come across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, they're having a telephone, raising the money, so he does the jump where he has to jump over 14 school buses. <laughs> Uh, or 15, because Evil Knievel did 14. 14. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which we get treated to a fantastic jump. We're halfway across because he's busy giving a thumbs up to his little brother, Kevin. <laughs> he's actually about two metres above the bike. <laughs> we get a spectacular tumble, which is nothing compared to the mountain fall from the, the anger dance earlier in the movie. <laughs> and he doesn't nail it, but he gets up and... They raise the money, so his father gets his father-in-law gets a new heart. Yeah, he finds out that his father-in-law is actually his real father. Yeah. his mum just lied about it when he was a kid. So fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> then the movie pretty much ends with him and his dad having the fist fight they've always wanted to In the have. Basement, yeah, and it is fucking hilarious because it's so violent, but it goes on for so long as well. Spills out into the yard. That's another. That's another SNL trope. Like it's just like let's. Play it long, yeah. It will pay off in the end, and it's, it does. It's so fucking good. But yeah, man, this film has so many. Oh, it is fucking bizarre. Like it's really hard to nail down because it's on paper, it's one thing, but it really is so many different weird things. And like, I think just the the cover, the front cover of the DVD, anything that any reviewer or anyone could say about it would not give it the justice that it actually deserved. Like, that's that's why... It, like, I understand why it didn't fail. And why, see, why it failed. if the likes of Adam McKay or Will Ferrell were attached, yeah. it would get that pass of, all right, we get that it's meant to be silly. Yeah. Whereas because of what it was, it was just... You go in blank. You really I'm go in... I'm glad that it's not, though, because I, I think 
it wouldn't have ruined it, but it would have like it would have taken the oomph out of it because like you expect that. It would have just been, and it would have come at a time in a run where Will Ferrell was doing like Blades of Glory, Semi Pro, yeah. so all those just fucking and, like, sports. Like it did comments. with with Will, Will Ferrell, like when Anchorman came out. That's when it sort of elevated him to like, oh, he's not only like funny on SNL, but like he did this obscure stuff that's like a cult hit. And then Sandberg sort of did the same. Like, I mean, I think uh, two years after this, two or three years after this, he, he's left SNL, and then like you know Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he did, he got, he, he got huge sort of thing. So yeah, it did help him along the way. But it's just yeah, it's one of those ones. It's like I call it the Mole Rats. Thing. <laughs> like everyone finds out about it like about five years after it comes out so yeah alright Paulie what would you do if you had to bargain bin this film which is I'm pretty sure where you'll find Hot Rod that's yeah, where I uh, found it look, I'd nail it in between um, Napoleon Dynamite probably um, probably Anchorman or something like that it would be some sort of SNL pack I think because it's just um, of that ilk yeah I like I'm going to build off yours I would definitely put uh, Napoleon Dynamite on one side of it and on yeah. the other side would be Super Dave oh, that's yeah. pretty much yeah, what yeah. it is yeah, it's yeah. the Napoleon Dynamite there's references to Super Dave too so yeah yeah. no it's um, look I, I hadn't seen it was one of those ones where I was just pleasantly surprised um, very short it's like, an, it's, it's like an hour and 20 I think it's sort of just a hair it's not a long film it's a light comedy it's exactly what you need it to be yeah now if you had to fuck fight or fart who would be <laughs> up and what uh, I'd follow me McShane just, just for shits and giggles um, I'd Fuck Sissy Spacek just because why not? Because <laughs> she's not the obvious choice. <laughs> and um, I'd fight. I could probably only take Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also just quickly discuss the fucking dog thing on his computer? <laughs> there he is and then the... blames it on his mum. <laughs> but Andy Samberg's line back to him was, "Your yeah, mum's into that kind of thing." Basically, he goes to show Rod this uh, compilation he'd made of Rod's stunts. And he goes, here, I want to show you something I've been working on. Yeah. And he opens just two dogs fucking on his computer. At which point he panics and goes, that's not what I want to show you. That's, that's something like... I'm working on for mum. What you working on? Oh, nothing. I'm just messing around. Oh, uh, yeah? Let's take a look. Okay. But it's not really finished, so... Okay. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's something else that I'm working on uh, for mum. Not for me. Right. Mum likes that stuff, so... Here's the right one. Oh man! That... I say too that if you ever watch this movie and also other ones with Andy Samberg and Bill Hader as a fly, watch it with subtitles on because yes. there's a lot of shit that goes past the past the, the wayside and like especially with Samberg, like he does such well. Like I do it with Brooklyn Nine Nine all the time. Like he he just you know inches stuff in here and there like under his breath. It's fucking amazing. Nice. Uh, who would you fight? 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 Uh, I would fuck Isla Fisher because well. <laughs> I something endearing about ginger Australians. Um, I would fart on maybe Danny McBride because of what he did with the Alien franchise and Halloween. Then fight would be Ian McShane because it would be short because he'd knock me out instantly. So I'm not a fighter. And um, how, what would you give this out of 19? I will give this a 14.7. 14.7. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go. Yeah, I'd go 14 as well. Like it's it's look, it's not the best movie that's ever been made, but like it, fuck, it was. It's better than Alien Three. 
awesome. uh, look out for us on the um, Instagram, Facebook, and or send us an email at daysgoodgraveyard at gmail.com. And if you're in a fucking super good mood, why don't you give us a review? Help us climb the uh, search ladder. Yep. We're climbing it no matter what. Exactly, Mark, but you can, you can be a rung along the way. That's it. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you.